I haven't seen you since your wedding. Oh my god, has it been that long? I think so. Did you go to Robbie's house the other day? I was at Robbie's house a few weeks ago. She... Were you at Robbie's house the other day? No, I had to go to dinner with somebody, and then oh. I texted her, but she didn't text me back until, like, the next day, so I was like, I don't know what's going on. Oh, did she have, like, a party or something? Yeah, well, I think it was just, like, a girl's thing. She was like, oh, okay. she's like, come over for beer. Yeah, Nothing yeah. serious, just come over, and I was like, oh, I got a dinner with some other people. But yeah, yeah. It's like, after I'll text you, but. Hey, guess what, guys? We're recording. No. You son of a bitch. Welcome to Indie Cred Podcast. I'm Zane. <laughs> I'm Colin. And with us today is a very special guest we have in the garage with us, Valerie Baker. Yeah, <laughs> Valerie Baker. <laughs> Valerie, what's up? Oh, just getting off work. Just getting off work just now. Mm-hmm. And you came straight from work? Straight from work. Is that where these nachos came from? Yeah, straight from the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> she brought us nachos, guys. Yeah. It's <clears throat> so exciting. Uh, our first guest to show up with uh, nachos and beer, which is a message to everyone who comes into the garage in the future. Like, it's now a requirement, bring nachos and beer. Which, you've never ever listened to a podcast before. I have no idea what a podcast is. See, that's great. That's why you knew, or didn't know not to bring uh, nachos and stuff. (laughs) Which is better. Which, like, I mean, isn't not a thing on podcasts, but it's, you know. Now people will maybe start doing that on podcasts more because of you. What do you, uh, so... I don't even know Valerie that well. We've met drunkenly at Colin's parties, but Colin and her go way back, I hear. No. Well, so we know each other through our mutual friend, your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and, God, I met you, how long ago did you come to L.A.? Like two years ago, something like that? Two years ago. Yeah, so I met you, like, just before that when I was in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so basically... Um, I asked you to come on to the show because you're not an entertainer, you're not a comedian, uh, all these like normal fucking boring ass Hollywood people. You're indie in a completely different way and you're a fucking surgical assistant and at every party, barbecue, whatever, you've always made me die fucking laughing just describing how horrible hospitals are and <laughs> how gruesome surgeries are. So I just, like, wanted to have you in to fucking talk about that shit because it's fucking great. So, yeah, thanks for coming. <laughs> hey, no problem. Uh, a lot of people don't really understand what a surgical technologist does, so mm. I'm more than happy to be on your show and fill you in about my day-to-day life in awesome. the hospital. That's how so does great. one... Start their journey to become a what is it again? A surgical technologist. A surgical technologist. Yeah. So let's start even just with the basic stuff because we know nothing. So what what's a surgical technologist like? We'll learn later how this is indie, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes, we will. Okay. It's indie as fuck. I'm telling you, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. So the first thing you have to do is graduate high school. You also have to have a beating heart, and then you have to be able to be yelled at a lot and then not cry in front of people okay. those are the main requirements yeah. for becoming a surgical technologist uh generally you can go to a surgical technology program mm. and become a cst which is a certified surgical technologist i am a certified surgical technologist 
I graduated first in my class. But a lot of people have been doing this for years and they just became grandfathered in. And actually, California does not require their surgical technologists to be certified. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> Did so, you get certified somewhere and then move here? Uh, no, no, I was okay. certified in California. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so I was just wondering if maybe you were living somewhere that you had to be certified and then... Mm-hmm. No. Rad. Cool. No. Is it like uh, is it like the like bar for lawyers where it's only good in the state that you get certified? No, actually it's uh, nationwide. Okay. And if I move to another country, they'll recognize that I was certified here in the States and like ah. they'll figure something out for me. Okay. It. You know, if I yeah, go to like cool. England or something, like yeah. if I move... Far oh. away from America. Yeah. <laughs> so, Which you're contemplating, maybe? Oh, uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very interesting. Uh, you don't necessarily have to have an associate's degree or anything like that. You just have to go to school and get the skill. A lot of trade schools crank out a lot of surgical technologists, which is not always a good thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, uh, <clears throat> like Votex. Like yeah. Like Votex. Yeah. I knew a lot of people that went to that. All right. Now I yes, get it. Right. All right. Now but, I know what they were doing. What's a Votex? Uh, Votech, like, I went to their film program. It's, like, it's sort of, like, yeah, it's a Mm vote. Yeah, yeah. And they they have, like... I figured it out. um, And they have classes (laughs) you can take, like, some high schoolers do it half the day or whatever. Uh Uh-huh. But a lot of girls were going and always came back in their nursing gear or whatever the fuck they were wearing. Correct. A lot of them were probably doing this. Scrubs, I believe they're called. Scrubs, nursing gear. (laughs) Scrubs, that's what they're called. (laughs) But it was all, you know, it was always the ladies. Okay. Is that a thing? Is there more women that do it than... Uh, yeah, there was only two guys in our class of like 12. We started out with like 20-something, but all the men left. Mm-hmm. And then there was only like two guys that graduated with us out no. of, I think, 12 or something. But uh, some places... Is even, it because they cry in front of people when they yell that? <laughs> they can't handle it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, a lot of places, especially if you work in a plastic surgery institute, they will ask you, they'll say on the application must be a woman because a lot of people when they come in for surgical procedures especially plastics nobody wants to come in to have their you know boobs lifted and then go oh uh you know there's this weird man in here that's being yeah. creepy in the surgery <laughs> you know so a lot of the times if you work in plastics they'll say like oh must be female to apply here really which sounds like discrimination it probably is but a lot of the patients just get really uncomfortable um mm-hmm. uh, there's something yeah yeah i get it i mean i've been like with my girlfriend just to get whatever it is when a doctor's like going up inside your vagina to find things and i've been in the room and they like brought in we were at this uh it was ou and um she had to get tests run so they had to like you know put her up on things spread her legs and i like went in there with her to make her feel comfortable but i'm just sitting at this table and then they bring in another dude who's like just a student who's like hey this guy was wanting to like check it out and learn is that cool and i was just like what the fuck is going on and they ask her why her legs are just spread it was so like yeah if it was another girl that came in i would have been cool my girlfriend totally probably would have been like yeah anyways it makes sense to me right right that's that so, new, the looks on your face when I was telling you that. I'm sorry. The looks on my face, I'm sure, were <laughs> horrified <laughs> during that story. Have you never? It was like an old white I've never dude. been. I've never been to a gynecologist, no. Oh. Yeah, guy, is, that's the word I was looking for. It's great. It's fantastic. Oh, it sounds like a fucking nightmare. <laughs> Everybody should have to go hang out at the gynecologist's <laughs> office at least once in their life. Dude. Just to appreciate your woman. Like, yeah. I <laughs> no, for real, that. dude. It was disturbing. Yeah. 
And yeah, the guy's fingers looked all cold. And I was, I was <laughs> all right, all right, all right. okay. Here's the thing. I'm not not to toot my. The own guy point. that came in had one of those haircuts with like the kind of like what I got going on right now with like a <laughs> like a like you know that fucking like a you look like a lazy Christian Slater right yeah, now. Yeah, okay, so that sort like, of haircut. Yeah, but he would wear a polo or whatever in a movie. Those that was the guy that came in to like just check it out and learn. Yeah. Ugh. So that actually makes it. So when you were so okay, God, I have so many questions. Um, how how long is the uh, certification process? So I had to go to school for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. I took a humongous test. It's like two hundred questions. They only score you on one hundred and seventy five questions. The other twenty five questions they throw in there that are really hard. They're used to test like doctors or other like areas and. They just see. They just use those questions to see if you're smart enough to answer them, but it's not. It's not part of the test, so that just throws you off. And then uh, it takes, I believe, six weeks. It took me six weeks to get my test results back. Oh wow! And then uh, my certification is good for four years, mm. but I will have to either do continuing education. I'll have to get. I think it's eighty right now. Eighty continuing education credits, or I'll have to retest. In four years from now. Okay. So is that like, does that work like night classes, like the continuing education or? Well, I'm fortunate because my hospital offers a lot of continuing education classes, mm. but the AST, which is um, like the group that is over surgical technologist, they determine what is considered like a accredited continuing education class. So I might go take like uh, an advanced cardiac life support class and that may be worth like four credits. And then I could take some stupid test online that's five questions and it could be like five or six credits. You like <laughs> never know what you're getting into. Nice. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. So didn't when you were doing that, did you do like the kind of back to what Zane was saying about his trip to the uh, gynecologist? Did you do, like, the student, like, observation deck? Like, I'm picturing, like, the 1800s, where it's, like, surrounded, like, a Shakespearean theater, and there's a surgery going on. You oh, did yeah. all of that sort oh, of stuff? no, it's no. much worse. Oh. They- <laughs> what kind of surgeries are we talking here first? All, all the surgeries. All surgeries? <laughs> yeah. Because earlier you were talking about a plastic surgery, so mm-hmm. I was, like, wondering if it was just that, or if it was, like, bone breaking, and then... So as a student, I was at the hospital. And then as soon as I graduated, I got hired at the hospital. But then I also got hired at a plastic surgery center in Beverly Hills, which was a disaster. But we can get into that. (laughs) 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 So uh, going back to the hospital thing, when you're a student, there is no observing. It's scrub in and introduce yourself when the patient comes in. Because the patient comes in the room awake. So when the patient rolls in, you do not say, hey, I'm a student. I'm just going to learn stuff today. You have to say like, hello, my name is Valerie and I'm helping the doctor today. Because if you tell a, a patient that you're a student, they panic yeah. immediately. Oh, like, like me and that story <laughs> earlier. Who's this fucking dude? <laughs> That's exactly right. Like So many people can't handle. They're already terrified of going to surgery. And then you got some student yeah. like touching your organs and <laughs> being covered in your blood. Yeah. Like what, what part of that sounds yeah. great? Like none of it. So. Learning means mistakes. And the right? student yeah, is learning exactly. right now. Right. And not everyone's going to be you 
graduating top of the class. Somebody graduates at the bottom of the class, and this is like my one shot at this surgery, and you know? a lot right. of them don't graduate. Yeah, this could be true. the one day this kid's like, I'm not gonna, you know, you right. could be the failure that makes this kid drop out. That is, that is correct. God damn. <laughs> So yeah, you work in that every day. Every day. God, all and right. Can't wait to hear more. No matter how many things you think you know, there's always a surgery that you've never seen or heard of before. Mm-hmm. And there's always a doctor you've never seen or heard of before that will just pop up in the middle of the day and be like, surprise, I work here now, and now I'm going to do this surgery. And we have these things. It sounds like magical. It's amazing. <laughs> so we have these preference cards, and they have the doctor's name on the top, and they have the procedure And then they have everything that the doctor prefers that you do. So some doctors want specific stitches or sutures. Some want, you know, very specific draping or very specific instruments for each and every surgery. Uh, Some doctors are crazy and they write things on there like uh, only classical rock or something like on the (laughs) preference card. Because a lot of patients don't realize we play music and we have a great time. Yeah. <laughs> that, I, I like that. I've yeah. never been in a surgery where that happened. Oh, I guess because we're asleep, right? Right. Yeah, Nobody's you don't know. Like, you have yeah. no idea. Have that no make, idea. Yeah, that makes me happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the most disturbing time music has ever been playing oh, was God. during a total knee replacement. And they go in. There's, a, there's like 30 steps to this, but I'll, I'll cut to the great part of this. So they go in, and they're reaming out the femur, and there's this great big bar that goes in and has a handle on the end, and they put it in, and then they hit it with a mallet, and then it reams out the center of the femur. And one time, the song Sweet Caroline was playing in the operating room, and the surgeon waited in the song for it to go bum 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 to hit the thing with, with the mallet and I'll, every time I listen to that song I just think that's of that that's amazing day. I love that surgeon though yeah. like cause I get that way about my like craft or whatever right it's like uh, he's at work and that's know? when I'm yeah. that's when I'm doing my best is when I'm like you know really feeling it that's cool man they're like wizards. They are. They're oh. well. They're gods, don't you yeah. know? So. Yeah. Okay. So that's something that we've talked about what is in the past, and I really want to get into the fucking god complex because I'm exactly the patient that you're describing. Like I fucking hate the hospital. I hate going to the doctor. Um, I haven't been to a dentist in fucking seven years. You know, like I'm that guy. I'm just like if there's. Dentist. If there's a problem with my body, I'll just ignore it until it goes away or it kills me, you know? So, (laughs) I was so fascinated with, like, the God complex of the surgeons that you were telling me about because that's, like, one of the things that scares me the absolute most. Wait, so... I need to know about this. I, You know. You already know. Yeah, yeah, that's true. (laughs) All right. So, these guys are, like, total douchers? Oh, yeah. All right. So some doctors, when they're with their patients, or I'm just, I want you to know how excited. I used to valet park cars <laughs> at, at hospitals. Uh-huh. And, like, one of them was a cancer hospital in and out, and the doctors all drove B&Ws and were total douchers. Mm-hmm. And then one time I worked a party where they were at, and they were, like, they were all had just stem cell research had just been brought to Oklahoma and it was like, fuck yeah, doctors are having a party. And they all, well, all of the valets get called out. We all have a good time. But they're such dicks. Oh my God, I hate them so much. I wrecked one's car once and I never told him. I just like rammed it right into a pole. Because I was, I learned how to, uh, 
uh, drive a stick. I lied on my resume so I could drive a stick, but couldn't. So like, I just learned how in BMWs that were driven by doctors. <laughs> and uh, yeah, like one time I ran one right into a pole, and then like the hubcap kind of fell off, or not it, the the thing that held his um, license plate. Uh, fell off and was like left a little weird dent and I just like makeshift put it back on and drove it back up and no one said anything and I never heard anything. <laughs> Anyways, that's too much about that. I want to know. That's amazing. I can't wait to hear <laughs> about these dicks and what they're like. Okay, so some surgeons walk through the hallway and they say good morning and they talk to you and they acknowledge that you are a human and they high five you and they tell you they're they're excited that you're in their room. And then the second that they come in, they scrub in. And then when they come in, as the surgical technologist, I have to gown and glove them sterilely. So the second that their hand hits the glove, they just turn into the biggest assholes on earth. <laughs> they start yelling at the nurse. They're bitching about cultures. They're kicking stuff out of the way. They're yelling about prep stuff. Just everything goes terrible. And uh, some of them... Are just complete psychos. Like mm. one doctor always listens to Starboy, like by the weekend. That ridiculous <laughs> like the song. entire surgery, like on repeat. And during this, he usually gets really angry, like very easy within mm. the first like three minutes he's in there. It's probably because Starboy by the weekend's playing. But yeah, like, like he gets, you're doing this to yourself, <laughs> right? Like he intentionally pisses himself off. So oh. we're just. <laughs> screwed and he'll be like dancing he'll like dance around the room but then also something will make him mad and he's also yelling the f word and throwing clamps on the floor while he's dancing so you're not sure if he's actually mad or if he's just making a big scene to be dramatic and this is just like acceptable behavior yes okay (laughs) because surgeons are gods all right that's that's circling back around (laughs) the the surgeons think that because they have the ability to go into your body and change something that could be causing you a great deal of pain or killing you that they are godlike that they understand covenant correct i haven't seen it yet so no spoilers okay um, no, you can talk about Alien Covenant, but that's not what we're here to talk about. Yeah. He creates, you know, yeah. 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 Moving I on. think I understand the lore. <laughs> right. Um, no, but that is, that's, like, so fucking crazy to me, because I, like, I don't know, it, what it reminds me of is, like, somebody who is, like, obviously, like, okay, like, you're talented and you know what you're doing, but clearly... You've never been at the bottom of this particular totem pole. Right. Because, like, how could you act like that at fucking work? Like, what Mm -hmm. gives you the fucking nerve? Like, especially to you guys who make the entire fucking thing possible and you have to, like, like, fluff and touch every fucking instrument and make sure everything is just so for these people and they Mm -hmm. come in and see everything that's fucking wrong with it and, like, Mm -hmm. have a hissy fit? Yes. I I don't understand that fucking mentality. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they ask you questions to set you up like a trap. Uh-huh. So that's just that's just mean people. <laughs> that's mean. You're right. That's it's just so mean. Like, I see those people out in the world. I see you. All right, tell me more. Yeah. <laughs> so last week we were doing um, like a lumpectomy, which is where somebody, a woman, in most cases, has found a lump in her breast, and they're going in to remove it. And then they send it to pathology to make sure that we get good, clean margins around the lump because it may or may not be cancerous. Mm -hmm. So after we cut this lump out, we had to send it to pathology. And 
while it goes to pathology, you have to wait before you close it because if you don't get a good healthy margin of tissue around the lump, you can't close. You have to get a healthy margin of tissue to make sure you get it all because if you don't and you close that person back up and it was cancer, it will spread Mm. everywhere. So Mm. we were waiting and the surgeon said, what is the main blood supply to the breast? And I said, oh, it's the internal mammary artery. And he said, don't act like you know everything. And (laughs) I said, was I correct? And he goes, yes, but that's not the point. So then he asked me another question a minute later and I had to say, I'm sorry, sir. I am but a peasant, and I don't know the answer. <laughs> and after that, he has not said a word to me. <laughs> That's sweet. It's just a trap. It's a trap every day. So Jesus. The politics are crazy. That's what it's like working in comedy, too. Yeah? Yeah. Just a trap? There's, like, comedy, you know, people saying, setting other people up for traps, you know, mm-hmm. all that shit. Right. It's all the same everywhere. If you work in an office, it's all the same. Yeah, but you know that old <laughs> joke, uh... Two surgeons are sewing up a patient after open heart surgery, and one of them is like, oh my god, we have to get this guy open. I, I left an instrument inside him like he could die. We have to get him open right now. Crack him open. And the other one's like, hey, 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 calm down, man. We're not making an episode of ridiculousness here. <laughs> Did you not get that joke? That's like my favorite onset joke. Because what, what we do doesn't fucking matter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Valerie is literally saving lives. Yeah, yeah. And, and sometimes ruining them, huh? Maybe? I suppose. There's a reason why a lot of the best dramas on television are centered around the operating room and mm. the emergency room because that's where the real drama in real life happens. Like, yeah. It's crazy. That's like where it all is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. At, at its worst. Right. There or jail. People complain about drama when they're bartending. I used to be a bartender or waitressing or just any other job. They say, oh, I can't stand the drama. Mm-hmm. You don't know drama until you've caught a patient on fire. And everyone's <laughs> running around the room and yelling. And the drapes are just Did going you up. someone on fire? We catch people on fire daily. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it's horrifying. Like it's- How many beds have you set on fire? No beds. We Just directly people. <laughs> we burned a cord the other day. It was a technology malfunction. It just burned off. Uh, it was connected to a machine in the middle of the cord. Burned and then it fell down and then touched the drape. And it all happened in about a half a second. And then the drape caught on fire. And then we all just threw water on it and it was fine. The patient didn't get burned. But I've seen a doctor catch a patient's arm on fire. Uh, my favorite is when you're doing a tracheostomy and... Sometimes, depending on each person's anatomy and airway, they have to, you know, maneuver things differently. It's not all just one way. Every patient's different. Mm -hmm. Sometimes if they have a high oxygen saturation, their throat will catch on fire, which is nuts. Wait, like the oxygen inside your body? Yes, will actually fuel the fire because in order to have fire, you need an ignition source. You need um, oxygen, and then you also need fuel. Yeah, and, and your body is the fuel in this correct. case. So we have to keep, like, bottles of water, like, buckets of water on standby and, like, wet towels and things just to make sure. Because sometimes it happens. And it's not always, like, a, a big roaring fire. Sometimes it's a little... But there's but, fire. But the fact there's fire is terrifying, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Obviously. Yeah. That's like... You see, I feel like that going back to what you were saying about like TV dramas and stuff about hospitals, that seems like something they can't ever show on TV because, I mean, me personally, when 
hearing about this, I will never go into a hospital again. Like you're gonna, <laughs> you're gonna light me on fire. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Did that's... you moisturize today? I guess. I'm not. I'm not great with the moisturizer. I have a <laughs> bottle at home, but I'm just not disciplined with it. You know. <laughs> That's the key to life. Just moisturize and you'll be fine. That's what everyone tells me to drink water and moisturize. I can't fucking get into the habit. I stay pretty moisturized. Yeah? Yeah. You're going to be okay. I got, like, dry skin on my face a lot, so I just moisturize the shit. So you have an excuse. Yeah. That's the thing. Just say you have dry skin on your face. Yeah, I know. I I have acne, which I know people say moisturize and it'll get better, but, like... Initially, it gets worse, so I just don't mm, fuck with it. Because you have to deal with that first couple of weeks. <laughs> that first couple of weeks, man. That's my whole life. That's like dealing with growing out of mustache. Co- yeah, exactly. Man. <laughs> so doctors are dicks. <laughs> or are surgeons. Yeah. Doctors are dicks. Patients are Tinder. Flammable. Um, yeah. <laughs> Um, so let's see. I want to like, do you just beat your husband? Is that what you do to like get all the frustrations out? Yeah. So he's a really chill guy, but every day when I get home from work, I am just so angry. (laughs) I just come home and he says, Oh, how was your day? And I just go on this like 47 minute rant about all the things that I had to do. And it would be different if I only worked with one doctor or two doctors. Mm -hmm. Like if I worked at a private facility, well, maybe not because I've been down that road also. Yeah. But it's very um, yeah. You better fucking like that one doctor. Yeah. You only get them. <laughs> right. It's very um, it's very hard because you deal with a lot of crazy personalities. Like mm-hmm. doctors don't usually have a good bedside manner. That's why they're not regular doctors. They're surgeons because yeah. they don't have to talk to their patient all the time. Just a little bit, but then they, you know, their patients uh-huh. asleep, so they don't have to. Yeah. To interact a lot. Yeah. Do so I know that like the highest suicide rate is dentists or that was a thing at one time. That was a thing in a Matthew Perry movie. <laughs> oh, uh, that was told to me by fifteen years ago. <laughs> is it but... <laughs> well, okay. I mean that's where I got that stat from. It was probably told to me by someone who saw that movie and just took it as fact. <laughs> it was But I always me. believed it because like my dentists were always just dicks to their like assistants and mm-hmm. like if I even oh, was God. like well yeah, de- uh, not to Break off your point, but dental hygienists are fucking saints as well. Anyone who makes like that possible, like the just the sort of medical field, like actually work on a fucking nuts and bolts level, is a fucking hero to me. But anyway, sorry. Well, no, I'm just saying, like you know, I always believed that because you know they're always dicks. They always seem like they just did not even like themselves. No, you have to be sad. You have to be really weird to work in this field. You can't be a normal functioning human. Mm-hmm. You've got to be really <laughs> creepy. Because uh, I, I was talking a minute ago about how I worked for a plastic surgeon in Beverly Hills. Yeah. And it's a very famous surgeon. I'm not going to say who it is. Mm, it's Dr. Oz. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> not that level famous, but like pretty damn close. Yeah, He's yeah. like he very famous uh, surgeons. And they have people lined up out the door wanting to work for these people. Mm-hmm. And... The reason they hired me is because the girl that was interviewing me said, a lot of people go into plastics thinking that they won't be very bloody. They're very clean, but plastics are really bloody. And she said, I don't think you understand how bloody you are about to be in this surgery. And I said, no, I don't think you understand. Being covered in other people's blood is what gets me out of bed in the morning. (laughs) And that's how I got hired at that place. That's (laughs) fucking awesome. So you have to be like pretty gross about everything. That's 
You get covered in people's blood all day. <laughs> Every day. All day. Oh, man. Uh, exactly. So, Zane... What we like pretend to do yeah, no, every single day such, of our lives. I'm such we're a fucking, fucking pony, man. We're fucking phony ass posers. I'm the guy, I'm gonna kill myself, not a surgeon. I'm the high suicide. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Phonies are the high suicide rate. You know, we should just sign up for some elective surgery so Val can get covered in our blood. That'd be amazing. What kind of surgery? I I've only had, I've had a hernia surgery. Okay, so that would be a general surgery. How much would my dick have been out the whole time? My dick's just out the whole time. Okay, so probably like a medium amount. I'm a thir- I'm like thirteen at the or I'm twelve at the time. Yeah, probably still a medium okay. amount because <laughs> they don't. Do, they Why don't is, I thought maybe like, if it was a kid, it would be like, ah, oh, fuck it, who cares? But if it's an adult, <laughs> it would be like, that's creepy. Okay, kid would be creepy. No, no creepy. yeah, kid it's is creepier. So what are you like, talking I'm about? I'm assuming they're all parents. I don't know. <laughs> no, no. It, You're not a parent, so why no. would I assume that? <laughs> it's it's very likely that your dick was out a lot yeah because <laughs> god my little dick was out like i was so young <laughs> so for a hernia i'm guessing it was probably like either an inguinal hernia or just like a ventral hernia you could tell you can answer this for me yeah my mom tells me i was born with a hernia and okay. my balls were huge okay so you had an inguinal hernia then. okay so. and they probably made an incision right about here right no i no? didn't have the surgery when i was born i was born with a hernia, so my balls were giant, and then uh, while still at the hospital, it like kind of went away, mm-hmm. and then when I was 13, it came back. Is that a thing that happens? Yeah, kind of. Oh, cool. Because all a hernia is is a weakening in a wall, basically, uh, and then it opens up, and then your organs try to poke through it is what happens, and sometimes they get twisted Ugh. or strangulated. It was the worst. And yeah, it just it causes a lot of pain, and it's hard, and a lot of doctors will act like you're crazy if you try to tell them what's wrong because, you know, especially if it's not a general surgeon, they'll say like, yeah. oh, you're just going through some stuff. I don't know. It's not that, you know, but some people have a really hard time getting their hernias diagnosed unless it's visible. Some people have very Oh, mine was like popping out. Oh, then you were fine. They knew you had a hernia then. Yeah. So. It was just weird. They kept like, I kept having to like get my pants pulled down and just like examined and I was like going through puberty. It was so weird. Oh yeah. (laughs) It's very invasive as a patient I mean, again, this goes to my fucking phobia of fucking doctors and hospitals and stuff. But, like, what's it like for you? I mean, obviously, do you, like, have to compartmentalize, like, viewing someone's guts, viewing their fucking dick and balls, their fucking whatever I, disgusting One more, one more hernia thing. question. Oh, okay. Sorry. <laughs> How big would maybe my baby balls have been? <laughs> would Do you know? No. Okay. No. Right. I've like, always wanted to know. I usually... It may, that's like the thing that makes me uncomfortable. I can't handle people shitting themselves, mm. and I can't handle like other people being exposed to like that. Like I can, but I just try not to look. Like, that's I just, very, not like your favorite thing. Like yeah, the inside, the guts, the organs. That's like I get that's that, like my though. favorite. Like the inside yeah. of your body is the best. So, like yeah. because people expect that they don't expect like to later on have to look at the person in the eye and be like, "You saw my dick forever." Yeah, right. You know, like I'm okay, you saw my guts, but like that's my gut that's outside all the time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we just we don't. Obviously, I would never wake you up from surgery and go like, "Hey, bro, I saw your dick." Yeah. But you know, it's like it happens because a lot of times, especially if you're staying overnight, they'll insert a Foley catheter. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially if the surgery is going to be a very long surgery because, you know, that's what they have to do. Or um, especially if they're going to do, like, on a lot of women, they go in and do, like, a hysteroscopy 
the bladder needs to be flattened so they can see everything correctly because if it's holding fluid, they can't always see things the way they want to see them. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of reasons, they insert foleys and things. But yeah, it's it's a lot of stuff. But some sometimes it, I do cases that completely revolve around people's like balls and it's crazy. Like, <laughs> like last, removing a ball or like... Well, last week I had something called a scrotum exploration surgery. Whoa! <laughs> <And> <laughs> I came I'm to the so excited. Yes. <laughs> I was so excited. I went to the board and it had my name up on the surgery and it said scrotum exploration. It sounds and like I'm watching an old school cartoon. <laughs> and I'm like about to watch it. Yeah, it's like yeah. a 70s cartoon, you know? Oh man. It awesome. felt like a 70s cartoon. <laughs> I was like, "What is this?" And they're like, "Exactly what it looks like." And I'm like, "This is amazing." And this person's scrotum was the size of like a small basketball like you know when you go to like a, a like a carnival and they have those i've seen games. photos of like, balls that big yeah like uh, yeah elephantitis or whatever yeah it was like that and uh i thought oh this poor person and uh we went in and he just had a really bad infection and there was like a monster like a baseball size pus pocket inside <gasps> there and so they drained it and then they sent it off to pathology and they stitched it up and i kid you not while the surgeon was stitching he said Oh, I should have trimmed some skin off of this because it's just going to be very floppy now. And I said, well, that's unfortunate. And he goes, but you'd be surprised how forgiving the testicles are. And then just continue to stitch it right up. <laughs> and then that guy just lived his happy life. A couple weeks later, he's fine. So it's... Uh, but does he have just a bunch of extra, like, ball skin now? For, like, two weeks. Oh, okay. But then oh, it just okay. shrinks really fast. But I'm like, that's crazy. How like, many cum jokes were made when the pus was being drained? Uh, I don't think any. Wow. Be- yeah. But doctors do say some crazy things uh, when the patient isn't, um, like, awake. Mm-hmm. Uh, they just, some people come in and make fun of your weight, and it's all, I get super upset whenever this happens, because it's really unprofessional, and you're there to help the patient. Yeah. yeah. You're not there to poke fun at them when they're in a time of need. Mm-hmm. Uh, one surgeon was talking about this girl. She was 13, but she was, like, very large. And they kept saying, like, oh, this girl is so huge, like... What has her mom been feeding her? And then I don't speak Spanish, but I speak a little Spanish. So they realized I got upset because I said, hey, stop. Like, it's not funny. You know, that's like a 13-year-old girl. She doesn't need your, yeah. you know, yeah. body image issues pushed onto her about her body, you know. And uh, so then they started speaking Spanish, but I knew they were still, like, obviously yeah. being rude. Probably more so and, now. Yeah, and then we pulled a monster tumor out of her that was about the size of a basketball and this patient went out like half the size she was before she came in. Oh, and I yeah. was like, aha, like that goes to show you. Like, yeah, you know, that's fucking awesome. It was good for you. Though. Instant gratitude. But also it's just so frustrating because these doctors are so nice. And then sometimes yeah. they make really shitty comments and it's very upsetting, you know? Yeah I, yeah, I get, I don't get, I mean, I don't get, it's not acceptable, but like to do such a job that's so fucking, you just are whatever, you know, like. It's, just it's weird, stressful. You know? right. It's, it's yeah. high stakes and it's intense. So I mean, a lot of people lay off steam by just being dicks to other people. Yeah. Like, well, and if it's the person in the room that's not awake, then that's better than if it's fucking you who has to. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, true. because like what I mean, what that makes me think of. Obviously, that's fucking horrible. And like, be fucking nice, especially when you're entrusted with somebody's fucking life and their body and shit. But it reminds me of when we used to do fucking scared straight. And we spent, like, day in, day out with these, like, at-risk, troubled teens and people who are going to be in fucking horrible fucking, like, 
impoverished fucking communities or in jail for the rest of their fucking lives and all this like really like sad depressing stuff and you're like on the ground level just like filming it as an you know like an observer or whatever and then as soon as the doors of the van close you all start like fucking talking shit and yeah. like laughing and like it's like, I'm, I've been in there I've done it it's a weird yeah. it's a weird stress reliever it's like that if you don't laugh you're gonna cry like sort of like instinct but you a lot of times I like to get to making fun of who's at fault you know yeah that's true yeah it's like, p- push yeah. It, like also, well, at least make fun of the people who are you know the parents right. or whatever yeah. yeah now if a patient comes in with something like lodged in their rectum <laughs> that's like instantly like you like there's gonna be a lot of jokes yeah uh, have you gotten many of those I haven't but okay. sometimes they come in and I'm always like, ah, oh, I'm going to miss this case. <laughs> it's like, damn it, You've I'm on a scrotal no. expiration no. this week. Right, like, have, uh, you, have you ever seen a brain? Not yet. Okay, I have to get a little more experience before but you I will. work. But I will soon, oh, that's yeah. so cool. You like still have things that you're working. That's such a cool yeah. field. I don't know. It's like mm-hmm. really interesting. Yeah, my first day as a student, they asked if I wanted to scrub in for... Uh, craniotomy, mm-hmm. which was amazing. I was like, What's yes. a craniotomy? Yeah, so they like they just go in. They just like cut out like a usually like a square, something like out of like the part of the skull, mm-hmm. and then they go in to see like depending on what's wrong with the patient. Like mm-hmm. it always depends. But yeah, they wanted to know if I wanted to like watch one my first day, and I was like, yes. And then uh, <laughs> they were short on scrub text, like in a different area, so I had to go in. Uh, okay. And that's something else. A lot of the time, they have an extra scrub tech retracting. So sometimes if they go in, let's say they're going to do an exploratory laparotomy. That's where they go into your abdominal cavity. And, you know, they'll make a big cut in your abdomen. And then they have these great big retractors, like these big hooks and these weird shaped things. And they put them in and then you have to hold them out. And you would be shocked at how sore your body is from holding another person's body open. Wait, they just have people manually holding your, like, mm-hmm. your, like, sternum open? They have wow. a lot of, uh, like, self-retaining retractors for things that are really difficult, like uh-huh. the sternum. And they do have, like, retractors for the abdomen, too, that are, are like, self-retaining as well. But sometimes they don't start with the self-retaining. They're like, hold this. We need to see what's going on before we decide if we're going to put a big self-retaining retractor in but yeah and like um it's it's very hard like total knee replacements uh one of my doctors always has me hold all the different retractors and it's it's brutal i'm so sore it's every like day. sound guys at the end of the day yeah like this <laughs> yeah Except like this yeah <laughs> so uh, okay the way you just did that was I, so creepy like, i know yeah. right I know, the, the hand gestures that are flying around this room right now i wish everyone could see all right so I just want a word picture of this. I'm imagining you in a room. So my, I'm going to put my leg up as a visual aid, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll describe what's happening. So total knee replacement. You have opened up my leg, mm-hmm. and then the retractors are, what, on either side of my kneecap? Or how how is the... How is my knee being held open? This is so creepy. (laughs) (laughs) So when we open, Mm -hmm. your kneecap is kind of like free floating. So it's not going to be... Oh, really? Yeah, it's not actually attached to your femur or your tibia. That's why you can do that weird moving around. Yeah, yeah. but why doesn't it end up at your ankle sometimes? (laughs) Well, it's like held in place by like tendons and things. Oh, okay. uh, It's not just like completely free floating, but it's like it's kind of in place, but it's not like attached to another bone. Okay. Uh, so anyway, they go in, and your kneecap, 
where they, it's attached at, they just flip it like to the side. It's just the side. It's like attached to the skin. Oh. They just completely take it off. And Dude, then, I'm picturing like a can of like Campbell's soup, and you don't really take the lid all the way off. I you just sort of like bend it back. Oh, that's perfect. That's exactly it. And then they take these retractors, and depending on what they're trying to expose, they will hook these. They're kind of like sticks. They're sticks with like a little straight, like angle to them and then it has like a little curve on the end and they will hook them up under the bone and then push up so your bone is raised so it will expose it more <sighs> and then that's how they go in and do the fun things that they're gonna do so it's it's very brutal but it's fun it's fun oh, so God. fun and then behind the scenes there's you holding one end of the stick just keeping the keeping <laughs> the can of soup propped open yes have you ever had a surgery colon i've had a few yeah yeah, I had one, so, like, my big one was, when I was a kid, I was probably, like, 13 or something, I ruptured my eardrum, mm-hmm. and I always forget what ear it is. It's my, I don't know, which which one has a scar behind it? Mm, that one. This one? Yeah. Left? Alright, so my left eardrum ruptured, and I thought this was insane. That's kind I of a, quite a scar. Yeah. I was looking for a small thing. That's like no, a little no. back of the... So what they did, and you may have seen one of these, they basically cut my ear off and then, like, taped it to my cheek. Oh. <laughs> what? <laughs> Do you have pictures? No, no. Oh, I, got to, I got it to describe to me. So I was... My uh, my mom worked in hospitals and uh, psychiatric wards, like, pretty much my whole childhood. So, like, whenever I had to go to a doctor or whatever, it was always, like, one of her fucking old buddies... You know, like that sort of like weird relationship. (laughs) And so I had the privilege of having the nurse uh, in post-op describe it to me, (laughs) the surgery, because I was like curious. I was like, so, oh, how did it go? It was like, oh, well, you know, we took your ear off and folded it forward like a fucking can of Campbell's soup. You can just do that. Yeah. And then we did our little thing, like patched your uh, eardrum and then put it back on. So, yeah, now I have like. So, yeah, like, it's behind my ear. No one ever sees it, but I have, like... Yeah. Like I said, I forget which fucking ear But it that's is. cool. Uh, kinda, that's a big... You know, like, when Spider-Man... Uh, in the original <laughs> Spider-Man's, like, his little web shooters, the, like, wait, scars. When you say original Spider-Man, you mean, like, fucking... Sam Raimi Spider-Man? Yeah, Tobey yeah. Maguire. Okay. On that's his wrist, he's got the little... Spider-Man, but whatever. Well, you know what I mean. Uh, the original Spider-Man the, was written by Stan Lee in 1960, The Sam Raimi Spider-Man, he's got this little uh, web shooter on his wrist, mm-hmm. uh, rather than developing himself. And the scar he has there to cover that... It looks the little butthole scar. Yeah, it looks very much like what you got going on back, back on your ear. <laughs> I, got a little, I got a little vertical butthole going on behind my ear. Oh, man. <laughs> so, wait, actually, so you were talking earlier about, like, types of stitching. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is like a fun little game I want to play. Can you look at my scar and identify the stitch based on the scar? Probably not. Okay. Unless it were like a like an interrupted stitch, and they used like a dyed suture because some of the sutures are like a dark purple. Okay. And a lot. So what? Time sorry, ago, what is a suture? And... Suture is a stitch. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's. Just I like think a I had dark purple on my hernia thing. Okay. Yeah. So. It but they were be... dissolving. Right, so it could be for two things. One, it's either from the dye of the stitch, or it could also be just because it's scarred over. Uh, it just depends, like mm-hmm. on your body and how it went. But sometimes, if you ever see people, they have like a line, and then they have dots on each side, mm. and it, it's like a dark purple. My brother, but it doesn't. 
Right. Oh, and I yeah. think I know I know the type that you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, and sometimes it doesn't look like a scar. Uh, there's a new study out that says, oh, it's because sometimes the stitches are dyed. They're dyed purple, and that dye somehow gets onto your your skin like and whenever it dissolves it just leaves like a permanent purple spot it's like kind of like scarring but it just makes it worse because the stitch was purple also it's like a tattoo essentially yeah it's puncturing into your skin and putting ink inside your body right and sometimes you get those spots even if your stitch wasn't purple Uh just because your body is scarring down like it's just natural for you to get like little scars you know yeah well i mean we've come this far i'm showing you my scar yeah (laughs) yeah let's see Oh man, it's like right on now. Yeah, down down lower. Yeah, it was probably it definitely wasn't like an interrupted. It doesn't look like yeah. it looks like it was a continuous stitch. But my also scars though, by my penis, so I'm not gonna do that. Oh, that's great. That's perfect. Yeah, no matter how many minutes your surgeons had to stare at your dick, <laughs> then let's not. It's do covered that in hair now too. So, hey, <laughs> Jesus. I'm just okay. saying. <laughs> It's like right by it though, because I've seen hernia scars that are like further up or by mm-hmm. the belly button, and I was mm-hmm. lucky enough to get the one that was right by the wiener. Yep, <laughs> glad. So, what's the? I mean, you were talking about like your excitement about potentially like getting into a brain and stuff like that. What's mm-hmm. the sort of what? What's the goal? What's the end? What's the dream of your path? Well, I'd ultimately like to end up in organ procurement. Okay. But it takes a lot of mental stability to be an organ procurement uh, because during the surgery, people are suffering higher brain death whenever they go in to donate their organs. And at the beginning of the surgery, in most organ procurement cases... Is this like, uh, I'm an organ donor and I'm dying, you're going to get my organs right now? Correct. Okay. So your brain has died, but your heart is still pumping, so you're still getting a lot of circulation to your organs so that's like the perfect time to take them yeah so a lot of the times about halfway through the surgery they will turn off the anesthesia machine and a lot of people describe that as like the scariest thing ever because it's just it's silent you realize the patient is like they die at that moment like they just turn off the machine the patient's gone like they were already mostly gone whenever they're you know higher brain death like you're not living they're in this room so you're not base you're not making any moral judgments you're Right. These people are all going to be there no matter what, so you Correct. don't have to make the call. Ever. Oh, no. Okay. No, no. Yeah. Um, no, they're just in there. Like, they're for sure. Like, they've already made this decision. Like, they are taking the organs. Mm-hmm. Whatever organs are good, they're going to take them. Um, and then that's just, that's what I want to do. I want to go into organ procurement. There's actually a company in Los Angeles called One Legacy. It is my dream to work for them. All right. But we'll see. We'll see where this goes. It's, yeah. It's crazy operating on patients that are super alive. So I don't know how I feel about <laughs> operating on patients that are like about to die, you know? Yeah. And there's a lot of moral and ethical things that you have to consider whenever you go into a field like this. Um, sometimes they'll ask you to do like abortion cases. They'll say like, oh, will you scrub in on this case? Mm-hmm. Personally, I have no issues with it because I'm a medical professional mm-hmm. and I see no issues with that. If you were to see a lot of the patients that come in, you would say like, whoa, I now understand why this needs to be like a thing. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of these patients are in terrible shape when they come in. And even if you're not getting an abortion because you're in terrible shape, but just because you want one, like, I'm not here to judge you, you Mm -hmm. know? But a lot of scrub techs, they'll say, hey, can you scrub this case? And they'll say, no, 
I refuse because it's against what I believe morally. Yeah. Get out of the hospital, you fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. That's how I feel. You don't get to work there. Fuck you, man. (laughs) If if that's what you believe, then you don't... I don't believe you get to work on my fucking knee, you bitch. Get out. Uh, Oh, Jesus. I'm not just saying, like, I hate that. I'm very... Yeah, you I mean, you have to be a medical professional. Like you're there yeah. for the patient. But, and then that's my belief, not yours. I'm right. just saying, like that's mm. so like right. And a lot of people say like, oh, my religion this or my religion that, whatever. And it's fine to hold those views. And it's really cool that we work for a hospital that'll say like, oh yeah, if you don't believe in that, then you can opt out of it. Mm-hmm. But I will never be the person to say like, I'm not going to help this patient. Like yeah. I will help the patient to the best of my ability mm-hmm. because that's what like. I literally signed up for this, you know, it's yeah. like not a, there's jobs all over the place for Planned Parenthood right now, it's just abortion techs, basically, like, you just go in and you scrub a bunch of cases like that all day, and it's like not, to me, it's not like a huge deal, it's just like, oh, this is a person's life, you know? Yeah. And uh, everybody describes it in the news and on the internet, like, it's just so much worse than it is, but I'll tell you, it's not bad. It's not bad at all. Like, it's yeah. not terrible. Yeah. Well, your threshold for how horrible a surgery is is <laughs> <laughs> a like, lot higher than mine. It's not a... I've, I've seen pieces of an abortion because they start, they show one in an episode of South Park. Oh, yeah. When, like, well, that's also a cartoon. Well, no, no, no. They show, they cut to... Oh, yeah. A, uh, an actual abortion mm. happening while, like, it's there. The kids go to learn how to give an abortion. Yeah, yeah, I recall the episode. Uh, and it's, you know, <laughs> it's a good it's one. It's like a surgery. Yeah. It looks like the same surgery that uh, Tom, I've seen Tom Green's ball removal mm. surgery. Oh, yeah. And it didn't look very different than yeah. that. Yeah, but it's like the single angle camera. I know. I mean, <laughs> I don't give a shit what it's like, how horrible it is, whatever. It's your fucking body and. Yeah, whatever. yeah. But. It's just, it's weird to me that, like, a hospital where you you can just work there and not be okay with some of the stuff that goes on. Right, but here's the thing. Oh, no, I get I, it. I, I, like, I'm a fucking, I'm a screaming liberal, you know, and all that, and I believe that a patient's right to have the procedure is absolutely her decision and hers alone, and, well, of course, with the input of the doctor and medical staff, what have you. But I think that that's, uh, I think that blade cuts two ways. And that if someone says, because if a surgery tech is saying, no, I'm not going to scrub in for that because it's against my beliefs, mm-hmm. that person isn't saying, no, I'm not scrubbing in for that because it's against my beliefs. And also, that can't happen. Yeah. You're saying, no, I'm not going to be a part of it. I get it. I so, just, like, I think they have every right to do that just as the patient has every right to oh, have their Oh, no, they have that right. I am i don't agree with it, and I'm very loud. And so I'm just going <laughs> to disagree with it a lot. But loud, and I'm not screaming liberal, I, I think it was what? Yeah, screaming just, liberal I is my... I, I'm not, don't call me that, please. That's, you can but call I do me believe that. in abortions... A lot. Yeah. I think someone one time said, the louder you are, the more right you are. Like, have you heard yeah. that? <laughs> that? They probably said that about Trump, though, and I feel like... Oh, Lord. I'm the... Yeah. This is... Okay. Also, uh, congratulations to us three, because this is, hands down, far and away the most political an episode of IndieCred has ever been. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of proud of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, fucking, yeah, we don't normally you know, talk about abortions on this show. You know, speaking of slight politics, mm-hmm. they were very afraid in the hospital. I won't name the hospital that I work at, yeah. but at the hospital I work at, they thought that a lot of us were going to lose our jobs because whenever the Republican Party said that they were going to try to repeal Obamacare, mm-hmm. 
a lot of people stopped coming to the hospital. They would just die instead because they thought if they went to the hospital and tried to get something fixed, then that would go down on their patient record that would later be counted as like a pre-existing condition. And so they're afraid to come in. And a lot of people in the specific area that I work in are Hispanic and they're very afraid of coming in because they think they might get deported by some, you know, chance or whatever. Um, It was just like a very rough time. And for a while we saw like a really low patient census, which was crazy because when you grow up as a kid, I don't know how your parents were, but my parents were like, oh, work in the medical field. You will always have a job. People are always sick. Do that. Work in the medical field. That's what you're born to do. And then for the first time in my life, I'm a new graduate running around and they're like, oh, you may not have a job soon. Yeah. And so I panicked. And that's also why I picked up my second job over in Beverly Hills because I thought, <laughs> oh, these people are not using their insurance to pay yeah. for these procedures, <laughs> yeah. you know? That's, but that's so fucking twisted. I mean, but that's cool. For me, smart of you. Like, that's mm-hmm. indie. Yeah, like, that's ooh, fucking fuck. like free agent, baby. <laughs> but make also, there is, honestly, there can be no other argument against the fucking political nature of healthcare right now because it's not like people, like exactly what you said, people didn't stop getting sick because mm-hmm. they don't have access to go to the fucking hospital or they didn't want to not work at the hospital. They're fucking terrified of mm-hmm. the repercussions of being sick and seeking help and this is the fucking screaming liberal in me coming out but that's fucking nonsense and how can anyone not like how can anyone not see that and know that right. that's like fucking disastrous right and a, a big part of your health is preventative care yeah so sometimes when you have like a small pain or an ache or something that just keeps getting persistent you need to have it fixed because if you don't you're going to have a bunch of surgeries. You're going to have a lot of declining health if you're not careful. Yeah, but a lot it's, of the Trumpy poos want that of these, of your, of the kind of people that come into your hospital. Like, yeah. if they listen to this, they'd probably be like, good. good. Glad they didn't start, they stopped going in there and they're dying. Good. We don't need, need less of them. But can so you they, actually imagine, but they're, can they, you they actually don't imagine think, these people who are making these decisions thinking like, good, I'm glad they're dying. There's some twisted justification in their brain where they actually think that they're what do they think? I don't know. It's so hard. It's hard because we don't think that way. And especially if a lot of the people that work in politics had ever had just a really ridiculous job like this job, mm-hmm. you know, if they'd ever had to be a scrub tech and they'd ever had to see people and their whole family and all their children sitting in the waiting room, when you walk out to your car at the end of your shift, you walk right past the door and see all these like poor children in there and you know you just operated on their parent or somebody. Mm-hmm. You would think, like, how could anybody not help these patients or help these people, you know? Yeah. It's, like, really shocking. And it's really awful when you see their families, too. It's just like, oh, this person has a whole family. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, this person has a whole life. They have bills to pay. They have friends. They, like, you know. Like, I want, do you ever, like, wonder what a patient is, like, watching on Netflix? Does it ever, like, get, like, sort of in your head like that? Oh, or? yeah. Some some people come in, they just, like, talk your leg off until they go under anesthesia. Mm-hmm. Some patients come in, they just cry. They ask you if they're about to die. They, they honestly think I had a patient today that cried the whole time before he went under anesthesia. And he kept, like, crying, and he said, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. Like, bro, this is the easiest surgery of the day. Like, you're not going to die. <laughs> but, you know, if, to a patient, it's, like, a very scary and... Yeah. Horrible experience, and what's even scarier is when you think you can't get medical care because yeah. you think that there's no way you can. I don't have it, so I've ne- I haven't gone. Yeah, it, to a doctor or a dentist in years. Mm-hmm. Well, 
I <laughs> could listen to somebody sneeze across the street and I'll catch a cold. Like, I'll immediately get sick. I have a terrible immune system. Uh-huh. I have my whole entire life. Wash my hands about 40 times a day uh, because I have to. You know, I have to scrub in and it's crazy, like, how many times a day I wash my hands. It's insane. Yeah. And there's no amount of orange juice or water or vitamins I can take on this earth. I get B12 injections and I still get sick, like, very frequently. Mm. Like, it's just... It's rough. It's really scary, too, whenever you have a lot of, like, MRSA or HIV or Hep C patients come in. Cause yeah. They oh, come yeah. in a lot. You're and you're getting covered in their blood. Line. Yeah, you are. And it's like you're constantly surrounded by needles with this person's blood on them, you know. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your doctor's angry and he's slinging stuff around. And <laughs> God. Being crazy. It's just like a very hostile, like, really stressful environment. And this is uh, one of the reasons I won't work early in the morning because I need time to wake up and mentally prepare myself for the day I'm about to have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? That seems like a night shift kind of job. For, oh, yeah. For me, I would need to have it at night. It's like, I can't just wake up and go deal with that shit. Mm-hmm. Right. I got to have my day and then deal with that later. Right. Yeah, that makes yep. sense. So, I mean, I know with everything uh, in this country, hospitals are overcrowded and understaffed. So what's like a what's like a typical like shift? Are you working like 12, 9? What's, what's sort of the day like for you? So I'm scheduled an eight-hour shift. Uh-huh. But since I'm the middle of the day person, there's like a handful of us. So you've got your early morning people. They come in at like 6.30. They stay there eight hours. I come in at like 10 or 10.30, stay my eight hours. And then some people come in at like 2, 2.30. It just depends. Oh, I thought you were talking about like you work later. Oh, I don't so work super late. So you come in still late. kind of early. Yeah, but it's not super early yeah. though. But yeah. uh, sometimes they'll call and say like, oh, come in at 2 instead of 10. And that's fine too. But I'm the middle of the day person and I'm just constantly busy until about 7 whenever I leave. But sometimes they say like, oh, we're short staffed. Stay later. And I always stay because I'm trying to buy my husband a truck, a new <laughs> truck. I think it would be nice. Wow. Wait, what's yeah, wrong so, with Pete's truck? Oh, it's just the piece of shit. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always trying to like keep that overtime, keep the extra, you know, hours or whatever. And so a lot of the time, sometimes I stay for 30 extra minutes. Sometimes I stay for like two or three extra hours. Mm-hmm. In the state of California, though, the way overtime works, they don't really want you to work past eight because then they have to pay you time and a half yeah and then at 12 they start paying you double time Mm -hmm. so they don't want us to work like those super long shifts because it would just be too convenient for me to only work three 12 hour shifts a week i Mm -hmm. suppose so but yeah every day is a new day like it's not always just eight sometimes it's nine or ten hours and it's not bad though at the hospital because they're more strict and they have more staff but when i was working for a private doctor's office it was terrible because sometimes i'd work 12 hours a day no lunch break no any break and you have to like train yourself not to pee during surgery yeah because if you say oh hello surgeon like i have to pee they're gonna say you're not going pee like you're gonna stand right here and hold this retractor and let me yell at you and that's exactly what happens but it's like uh you just kind of have to figure it out like it was you're like a like the real life igor yeah i guess (laughs) it's it's brutal like you need a snack too bad you can't have a snack you know it's like you're you know, That's what we would say here. to Igor. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have no snacks. No Igor, snacks. what do you... You just got to stick it out. and uh, So it is like more beneficial to work in a hospital than a private setting. Yeah. Because they'll just be like, ah, oh, sucks to be you. There's only one other person that does this and mm-hmm. they're not going to... Yeah. They're not going to scrub in so you can scrub out or... Or they're in the surgery and neither one of you can leave. You know, it just sucks. So... Yeah. It's brutal. It's hardcore. It it's was. hardcore. So Zane... At the beginning of this episode, you asked what I thought was a very stupid question. You said, 
When are we gonna find out how this is indie? Well, because indie is this means fucking independent. indie enough. Is this indie? I don't, well, I don't care about the actual definition of that's it. That's what is, I meant. That's what I meant by it. This is because fucking... I was questioned by our roommate Schaefer. Oh, yeah. He, he said, "Who are you having on the podcast?" And I said, "Oh, she's a surgical technician or whatever." And he was like, uh, "What? I thought it was in, about independent stuff, like indie cred." And I was just like. Well, shut up, Schaefer. Shut I, up, Schaefer. <laughs> <laughs> but then I want. Then it got in my head, and I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. Well, here's how it's indie because it's fucking badass and it's awesome and it's important. no, it's it's and fucking rad. I'm, I'm. That's a really cool field to hear about. Yeah, I can't wait to see you at more Collins parties and more <laughs> yeah. story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I got a birthday coming up. Oh, that's next month. Yeah, I'm Woo. excited. Uh, there's this movie, I keep thinking about it during this whole time we've been talking, Earth Girls Are Easy with Jim Carrey. Isn't the guy in it a, a surgeon? And there's like a song, and she's his surgical technician. It's been I'm gonna way, watch it. way too long. I'm pretty sure there's a dick surgeon character, the musical number happens, and like, the main actress is his surgical technician. Um, What's yeah. the term for it? Surgical technologist. Technologist. But some people, like on my operating room badge, it says OR tech, or sometimes they say surge tech or surgical mm-hmm. whatever assistant. Like they, there's like a huge range. I'm not a dick about it. I'm not like, <laughs> Ooh, I'm a surgical technologist. That makes me think of Rushmore. <laughs> These are my OR scrubs. OR oh, are they? they? Yeah. <laughs> so good. Um, man. So usually this is like the time where we would ask if you have anything you want to plug uh but i guess like that doesn't make sense yeah do you want people to get sick and come Yo, follow my surgeries on instagram (laughs) oh can you do that yeah actually there's a lot of surgeons oh there's this i in no way i want to clarify this work for this surgeon but (laughs) god do i wish i did she's incredible I don't know if you guys have Snapchat. I know everyone's yeah. getting away from freaking Snapchat. You guys should really follow this doctor. This is like who like literally inspired me to go to plastics. It's Beauty by Dr. Cat. And she C A T? Cat, yeah, C A T. And it's on Snapchat. Just Beauty by Dr. Cat. And she shows like stuff during her surgery and she explains the steps and things. So That's when her dope. Yeah, so when her patients see it, they can Does understand. she have a big following? Yeah, she's a huge following. I'm gonna pitch her as a guest on this. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be amazing. dude. Pitch her as a guest on this, man. Oh yeah, how do we get her on this podcast? <laughs> Are you guys friends? She does like mentoring. I see not too long ago, but I think she charges like by the hour oh, because totally. people love her. Like she's yeah. amazing. She's gorgeous. She's super smart. Like very successful. Wait, I think I might have seen a clip of hers online before. Probably like. Talking about some weird thing where guys, I I don't know. We I work for a clip show, so I watch mm-hmm. all kinds of internet clips all the time. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure I've seen. The, do you have like her Snapchat? I sure do, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Can I check this out? Yes. No, she actually had. Um, nope. That's she, her daughter. She also has like a lot of stuff of her daughter on here too. Like, okay. Especially on the weekends, like her adventures. You see this? She wants to take down the bump on her nose, refine the tip, but still look like herself. And then oh it'll God. give you directions, or not directions, but like it'll tell you what's happening, mm. and she'll explain and everything, and it's just really. I wonder if you have to like, if you're her patient, you just like sign on that it's okay to do that. Yeah, or? like a consent. Yeah. So a lot of doctors, especially plastic surgeons or doctors that are just really any kind of like cosmetic procedure, they're trying to get out there, like because there's so much competition out here, you know. Mm-hmm. They're say like, oh hey, can we use photos of your body on our webpage? Or whatever, but usually they block out your face, they'll cut yeah, your head yeah. off so you can't see that yeah. person, you know. 
But, uh, you know, sometimes, like, people have, like, very distinguishing tattoos or body features, and they'll say, like, no or yes, you know. I'm, I'm all about people learning. Like, if I were going into surgery, I would want my surgical technology student that's in my room to wear, like, a GoPro. I would want to know, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. But it's because I've been on that side. But yeah. for a lot of people, it's really hard for them to just, you know, take a break and relax. And Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing, like... Know, can we just make this a long one? Yeah, we can Because I have so many more questions. <laughs> People can stop listening whenever they want. <laughs> but don't, because this is awesome. <laughs> um, I mean, usually usually we start with, like, the like the how and the why, kind of, like, life story stuff. Like, do you have, like, a, I don't know, like, a fucking five-minute version of, like, what brought you from, you know, southern Illinois to the big old Hollywood mm-hmm. to be, like, the fucking badass that you are kind of story or sure so for about five years i volunteered at the hospital mm-hmm. in our hometown in our cornfield in illinois mm-hmm. and um i had decided i wanted to be a nuclear medicine technologist is what happened and i went to st louis university and i studied nuclear medicine my freshman year of high school high school college and it was amazing but god i was just living in the ghetto and it was rough <laughs> and uh one day, I had a knife pulled on me in a Taco Bell in the middle of the freaking day by some homeless woman, and I was fed up, and I was just not going to go back into St. Louis for a while because I was just angry mm-hmm. at my life. So then I moved back home, and I almost bought a house, but Keith said, no, that's my husband, no, if you buy this house, we're never going to live in California. So we set this date, <clears throat> we sold everything we owned, we packed up and moved out here. Well, I thought it was going to be incredible until I was poor, and then that was not fun. <laughs> So I knew I had to get through school really quickly, but a lot of my uh, credits that I had taken would not transfer out here. Uh, And it's really hard to find schools of nuclear medicine also. And my mom kept saying, oh, why don't you just pass instruments? Why don't you just be a surgical tech? And uh, I thought it was just going to be super easy to do that. So that's what I did. (laughs) And damn, was I wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I went to school for like a year and a half while I struggled. I was working uh, at BevMo as their wine industry professional. So that was fun. But mm-hmm. it was also like, you know, it wasn't like taking us on vacations yeah, or buying us yeah, nice cars, yeah. you know. Oh, you know what it did do? So probably the party that you guys met at, that Halloween party I had, mm-hmm. discount kegs from Val. I was going to oh, say, yeah, I think yeah. when I yeah. met you worked as a wine professional. Or yeah, whatever. yeah, yeah. So yeah. Wait, you are new to, not new, that was Just a few ago. years. Just Where's, like... That's still pretty new, yeah. Like that's I, right. You seem like you fucking know everything. I mean, you. Oh lord, you sound pro as fuck to me, a nobody who knows nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Every day I go into the hospital, I'm like, I know all the stuff that I'm about to do today, mm-hmm. and I walk up to the board and see what surgeries are put up for the day, and I know nothing. And I know like every third surgery I look at, I'm like, I've never heard of this, never seen this, don't know what this is, never seen this doctor, and then I have to go in there and I just have to like really use a lot of critical thinking because yeah. a lot of things are going to be the same. It's a lot of cut, hemostasis, retract, dissect, more hemostasis, which is like controlling blood, by yeah. the way. Mm. And then uh, then whatever the thing is, and then closing. It's like a lot of the same steps until you get to the, the middle part, like the thing you're supposed to be doing. Right, right. But, I mean, I don't... Like, I have to know all the steps to the surgery because I have to anticipate what my surgeon is going to want, and I have to hand them the instrument. So a really smooth surgery will go 
through and the surgeon won't even have to say a word to you about what comes next because you already know what he wants. Wow. Unless he just needs something random because yeah. everyone's bodies are different. You know? Yeah, yeah. But usually I know like exactly the steps and I can see it coming and say like, oh, this person's going to need this type of clamp next. Then I hand yeah. it. And then, you know, if they're tying up a suture or a stitch, it's like also um, like scissors are kind of kind of come next, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's a lot of things because you see so many different surgeries and they all have different steps. And you have to figure out. And every surgeon does it in a different order. So some surgeons will do surgeries completely different, but it's it's achieving the same task, you know. So you yeah. have to know your surgeons. You have to know your surgery. You have to know your instruments. That kind of relates to, I used to frame houses. I framed houses for a long time, mm-hmm. or a while. And uh, everything always, <laughs> like, to me, and when you explain that to me, I'm like, oh, yeah. Everything to me, because it was maybe my first job, always relates back to framing houses. Yes. <laughs> so, like, to the, to the way you're describing it, I was like, yeah, it's kind of like framing houses. I'm like, not every house is going to be the same, but, you know, like, yeah. yeah. Well, I want to know what the fucking paroled meth head ratio from framing a house to performing yeah, a surgery is. like a pirate, pirate <laughs> aspect I mean, going on. You know, like, your goal at the end. You know where yeah. you have to go. With yeah. It. You have, like, a at plan. At the end, there should be the frame of a house. Or yeah. there should right. be, like, a working but then, brain. But then, like, this right. new, we got to arch this window or arch this thing. I've never done that before, so I'm learning how to do that for mm-hmm. the first time, you know. It's just right. like a new surgery is like, oh, yeah, I had right. to do all the same things I always do, but then here's the new thing. Yeah. Right. That's kind of cool to me. I like that kind of stuff. It sounds right. indie as fuck to me. But now it's, it's relating to me now. I get it. <laughs> oh, God. Val, thank you It's more so just a much. craft. We're talking about crafts. We're talking about fucking And we're calling them indie. They're indie shit, man. Anyways. <laughs> yeah. Right. Thank you for fucking coming. This is great. I'm so excited we got to do this episode. Yeah. I was thinking, so we do a thing called Sell Out Shout Out mm-hmm. on the podcast where... Mm-hmm. Like, if somebody we had on gets a movie role, mm-hmm. they'll call us and we'll talk to them about that. If you see a brain, yes, call yes. us. Yes. Let, or, you yes. know, something just so you, it's cool as fuck that you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Next, call yeah, next, up. like, high watermark, whatever you're, like, stoked about, let us know. We'll do another, we'll do a sellout shout out for sure. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, awesome. that'll be a segment. Uh, awesome, man. This is great. Yeah. So, that was IndyCred. Uh, surgeries. Surgical technologist correct thank you guys so much for having me no this is awesome i'm gonna eat these nachos now